Did anybody watch the Grammys a few weeks ago? <laughs> you didn't miss much. <laughs> well, in the Grammys, there was a performance, if you call it that, of Sam Smith and Kim Petras singing the song Unholy. And Sam identifies himself as a queer non-binary. Kim Petras identifies herself as a transgender. She was born uh, a male. And yet, here is Sam wearing a, uh, a hat that has demon horns on it, and they're in a cage and doing all kinds of unholy things. And the little angelettes, no, they weren't angels, demonettes were around the outside, um, and by the way, demons are fallen angels. So, but what their what their job is, and this is what en the enemy's job is, is to distort everything that is God created, which is good and holy. And so, so my being, you didn't watch it again. You didn't miss much. But if you saw any chatter about it, the question is, what did you think about it? What did you think about it? If I were to ask you this question, though, if you were to just come up with one word that the world so desperately needs today, what would be that one word? Just think about for yourself. What would you say would be that one word? I want to read for you in 1 John this scripture. It's talking about the world, and I think it's talking about the world that we live in today. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. The love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, the pride of life is not from the Father, but from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. Can you say that word, abides? abides. This is an important word that we're going to find in John chapter 15. We're continuing on this series in John. Now, how does Sam Smith and Kim Petras have anything to do with uh, the topic of that we're talking about in John chapter 15, well, it, we read in 1 John that the desires of the world, the lusts of the world, are in contradiction to what Jesus has for the world. You know, there would be people who would say, you know, when we talk about Jesus or we talk about faith, and they say, well, you know, I'm a good person, I'm a good person. And, and devoid of Jesus, without Jesus in our life, we would probably say we are, are all Sam Smiths and Kim Petruses. We are. They express it in a different way than we would, but without Jesus, we are, we will take on the nature of the world. And the world is trying to do everything it can to make it not look like anything that God ever intended for it. You know, when somebody says, well, I'm, I'm, I'm just a good person, all they really are saying is, I'm just not as bad as that person. <laughs> That's all it is. 
There's no such thing as goodness. Or, or you, you'll, people say, you know, as they talk about, you know, again, the LGBTQ plus, plus, minus, plus, plus, you know, who knows what the next one is. The reality is, is we, we are all in that category, not of the plus, 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 but the reality is, is, is without Jesus, we all have some level of being more worldly and being, being somehow the way that God designed us to do is somehow twisted and, and tormented and perverted. And even though we just say, well, well, we're not like them, all it is is a different expression of, of what the world wants to be. And the world will try to do everything it can to distort the goodness of who our Father in heaven is. If you turn with me to John chapter 15. When people say I was born that way, the reality is we, will, we were all born that way. We were all born into sin. So, so this is why we can't be pointing fingers at any particular group or any particular person. The reality is, is when we are born into this world, we know that we have the ruler of the world, which is Satan, and his job is to kill, steal, and destroy, and we are all born into sin. And then we, we walk through this journey of, of exploration, of trying to figure out what's life all about, and, and some of us are have an opportunity to find Jesus and then we realize, oh my, this is what this is all meant to be. When, when Jesus, we find Jesus, then he has to go back and restore all the brokenness that the enemy has placed in our lives. And, and you see, the reason why I can't be too hard on Sam Smith or Kim Petrus is because I was a fornicator, I was a liar, I was a thief, before Jesus. And we can't expect the world to act differently than the world actually acts because the world is only producing what the world knows to produce, which is something that is distorted and twisted. And, and without Jesus, the world will act like the world. And so, so the, the, the very worst thing that we can do if, we, if you consider yourself a follower of Jesus is somehow point a finger and somehow keep distance and somehow keep people out and so you can protect your holiness and you can protect somehow this whatever you want to protect. And, and it's not the way that Jesus wants us to live. He wants us to pursue the hurt. He wants us to pursue the brokenness. He wants us to pursue the places that people are devoid of a relationship with their Father in heaven through Jesus Christ. So, so in, in, when Jesus begins to talk about in, in John chapter 15, where he says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it might bear more fruit. Already you are clean because the world has, uh, the word that I have spoken to you. He says, abide in me. There's that word abide. Can you say abide? abide? 
Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Let me just finish, keep reading this, and we'll unpack this. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like the branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown in the fire and burned. If you abide in me, that's abide again, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done to you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to my disciples. I'm going to stop there for a moment. The vine and the branches. I love this analogy, and maybe this is why I like growing grapes. I have a small vineyard, just small, about 40 plants that I love. This time of year, I'm going to be out there pruning. And I will prune off the dead, but then I'll also find the good shoots, and knowing if there's too many good shoots, it's not going to produce the best fruit. So I will prune off what is necessary to produce the harvest, the fruit that is going to be the best fruit for those grapes. I have a small apple orchard as well, and I love getting in there and pruning, and, and I will take off good branches so the other branches have more light to produce better fruit. Amen. Jesus gave this analogy, and he's saying he wants us to be remaining in the vine, and, and this abiding is really the idea of remaining, or be connected and stay connected. Can we say that together? Be connected and stay connected. To the vine, and Jesus says he's the vine. He's the very source that produces life. And so, so there's two, you know, we, I grew up watching some cartoons every now and then. You, you get, uh, who is something? Jerry. Tom and Jerry. You, you'll have like a little angel on one shoulder and a little demon on the other shoulder. And really, that's what the world is, is it wants to put you in two camps. And the reality is there are two camps. There is the world, which Satan is the rule of the world. And then, and then you have the kingdom of God, which Jesus helps us to move into the kingdom of God. And when we, how we get into the kingdom is by accepting what Jesus has done on the cross and repenting of our sins and, and moving to a place of wanting to abide with Jesus. And then he says, you will ask whatever, whatever you ask, the Lord will give you. And, but here's the interesting thing, the ask. We talked about that a little bit last week. The ask here, though, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. You have to go back up to say, what is he talking about? He's talking about producing fruit. Now, the fruit that we're producing, though, is it's really interesting. If you just start tying all these things together, in Galatians, he talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Now, remember, when you give your life to Jesus, his Spirit indwells you, and that's the abiding. His Holy Spirit comes and, and lives within you, and we need to continue to nurture that relationship and that abiding, that remaining with Jesus as the vine, the source of life. You ask for any of the fruit and it'll be given to you. Now, here's the fruit. Love from Galatians. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Galatians, if you are taking notes, I'm going to be, I am going to assign you some homework this week. Homework. No, it's, okay, I'll put it this way. It's a challenge. Everybody likes a challenge, not homework. Here's a challenge for you. You're going to actually take 
Galatians, look up where the fruit of the Spirit is, Galatians somewhere, and, and you're going to write down the fruit of the Spirit. And then you're going to say, in our Rooted class last week, by the way, if, if you've never taken Rooted, I, I want to encourage you to do that. But, but we were talking about, it's like, say, you never want to ask for patience because guess what? God's going to test you in your patience. But the reality is the fruit that he wants to give you is he wants to grow you in the nature and the character of the Spirit of God that dwells inside of you. And that becomes, we watched a video here, that the darkness of the world, but the fruit of the Spirit evidenced in us becomes light to the world that somehow draws people to Jesus. And the season that we're in right now. So it's interesting. I was, I was thinking, because we're going to find out what's the one word that the, that the world so desperately needs today. I'm going to tell you that in a moment. But, but remember, the world can only produce what the world knows how to produce, which is something that is contrary to the fruit of the Spirit. I was just interesting. I was writing words of what I would describe the world, you know, apart from Jesus, and I, I wrote lust, greed, selfishness, pride, unfaithfulness, anxiety, fear. Um, I put depression. By the way, there's clinical depression, so I'm just not talking about the, the clinical side. I'm just talking about like when we just get like so down. And then there's ambition, there's hate, there's division, there's perversion. And then I, just, I started listing all those things, and I said, I wonder if there's an antidote. Well, I wonder if there's, a, there's an opposite to those things. And then I started write, writing down the fruit of the Spirit. And I was like, wait a second. They're like complete opposites. So, you know, this, this idea of, of being feeling depressed, you know, the opposite of that is joy. The, the, you have lust and greed, and it's just like wanting more and more and more. And the that what's the opposite is self-control. Like, I don't need all that stuff. I don't have to, like, go after all of those things. And, and then, like, selfishness. And um, by the way, have you noticed that the most selfish people are the most impatient people? Right? They got to have the right way in the road. They got to be the first in the line. They've got to be, you know, the center of everything that... That, that they're very demanding, and I wonder if the opposite of selfishness is, is patience and, or selflessness. And then I, I also wonder, like, pride and, and, you know, people who are so egocentric and then so kind of the world revolves around them, they tend to be unfaithful, and the opposite of that is faithfulness or anxiety and fear, the opposite is peace. Ambition, by the way, do you know that the most ambitious people, if you've been around ambition, you know what happens. You become a tool for their achievements. <laughs> and so ambitious people are probably the, the least kind people that you will know because you start feeling used by them. And so the opposite is kindness and you have hate and then opposite has love and then you have division and and, you know, the interesting thing about social media today and polarized society, that when you, when you are harsh with your words, there's this lack of gentleness. And so the opposite of division is gentleness. And, and then you have perversion in the world. And you think about the opposite of the fruit of the spirit is goodness, right? And that's the enemy wants us to pervert everything that is good. 
And so we're realizing that the world will just act like the world. And so why do we get so upset when the world acts like the world? We have to be the antidote. We have to be, live the different way, which is being attached to the, to the vine, who is Jesus, and allow, ask anything, ask any of the fruits of the Spirit, you're lacking joy, ask, and he will give it to you. Now, it might come with a little bit of a test along the way, right? You know, ask for, you want to be more kind, ask for uh, gentleness and goodness. And so, so here's a great test for you. And we've talked about this before. And you're saying, how well am I doing being connected to the vine? How well am I doing abiding in Jesus? So you can't just know about God. And you just can't know Jesus. You have to be connected and abiding, which means you have to have a relationship. And that relationship will produce something in you, which will be evident in the fruit of the Spirit. The love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. So, my question is, how are you doing on those things? And then the, then the question needs to be, do you need to abide a little bit more? See, God's not keeping himself away from these things. He's asking us to ask for it, and he will give it to us. All right, let's keep reading. Verse 9, as a father has loved me, Jesus is talking red letters, Jesus saying this, as a father has loved me, so I have loved you. Jesus saying he loves you, he loves you and me. Abide in my love. So now he's talking about the abide, the abide just not to produce fruit, but he's saying abide in a relationship and the relationship is marked by love. You see, one of the interesting things that's taking place um, right now in Kentucky in there's kind of a, a mini revival taking place in Asbury University. And it's marked by, I didn't know this, but I, I just saw a clip the other day of the guy who was giving the chapel service. And, and he basically said this. He said, if, if you guys, the, okay, I'm going to tell you what the world needs today. You ready for that word, that one word? I believe that the world needs, I think the world needs love. I think, I think a world devoid of love is filled with all of those symptoms of trying to find that deep relationship and it is never found only through Jesus Christ who connects us with our Father who deeply loves us. But remember, a few weeks ago, I says you can't give what you don't have. You can't give what you don't have. And so if we, if, if we are the instruments that Jesus wants to use to this world that desperately needs love, we have to have love to give. And if, if we need to have love to give, that we have to first receive the love from the Father. And so here's the chapel guy. He says, he says you know, the world just desperately needs love. And, and he says, you know, if, if you are feeling like you're in a place that you haven't even experienced the love of the Father yet that you just need to experience a deeper sense of love. You, just, you, you and the Father just need to do some business right now and just experience his love. And, and, and people just stayed in chapel. And I think they're just staying in chapel. They've been staying in chapel for days on end now. And, but what is happening is why do they want to stay is because they're experiencing the love of the Father. And the love of the Father is causing repentance and salvation and causing this incredible attraction to the world. Even the secular media is talking about what is going on here. But the world desperately needs love and we are to be the dispensers of this love. 
Think of this, okay, probably wrong image, but it's the only image that came to my mind. Think of you guys as, I know for you manly men, this is going to be a really hard image. Just stay with me. Just stay with me for a moment. So you're skipping along. Okay, it's not the worst part yet. It's not even the worst part. So pretend you have a little basket. And there's nice little petals in your basket. Okay, you're already judging me. You're already talking about, you're already trying to link this, the story that I had when I put on a dress. You're linking him, I know you are. I am a man's man, so don't go there with me. Remember a few weeks ago, I said, I would pop you if you'd like try to wash my feet. It's like, so I'm a man's man. Okay, so here we go. We got your basket. You got your basket and you got your flowers. Like, just pretend you're a little flower girl for a moment, okay? And you're just going around. And, but the image is, as much as it's a little bit, okay, strange, you will remember it. You will remember it. Um, but think of those petals as you're dispensing God's love to people. As you're going through your day, as you're going through your week. You see, the, the world wants us to get very self-centered and make it about you. And then it wants to twist things and it wants to pervert things and it wants to feed into your ambition, it wants to feed into your fear. The world wants to trick you to believe that it has something good for you, but it always leads to a trap that puts chains around you and binds you. And then we realize that if we are, if we've left abiding in our relationship with Jesus, if we've left that, we become the branch that gets thrown away. And then we find that we're disconnected, we wither, we dry, and then we take on the reflection of the world, and then the world is still craving love, and we don't have anything to give the world that so the world so desperately needs. And so we have to, we have to abide, learn to, to abide with Jesus. And you're saying, well, how do I do that? How do I do that? Here we go, verse 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone was to lay down his life for his friend. And Jesus says, you are my friends. If you do what I command you, no longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. Isn't that awesome that Jesus calls us friends? calls us friends, not just a servant, but a friend. For all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. You did not, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and be, bear fruit, and your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask in the Father, in my name, he may give to you these things I command you, so that you will love one another. Okay, so how do we abide? I wrote down a few steps. The first thing is we abide by remaining connected. Anytime you start feeling dry and, and start feeling, I was just talking to a young man this morning, he's like, man, it was a tough week, I feel dry, I, I felt disconnected. And really what it was is the busyness of life 
took him away from his time with Jesus. And, and you're saying, well, how do I find time? You, you just have to realize it's priority of your life that, that your first and foremost relationship is your relationship with Jesus. That means you're going to have to spend time in his word. It means you're going to have to spend time praying. It's not checking boxes. It's like, I want to be in a relationship with you where he can be your friend. He can love on you. He can guide you through the Holy Spirit. Number one. Number two, I I think it's so, if you're taking notes, number one, abide. Okay, so we're going to live this way that the world can see who Jesus is. To give love by first and foremost abiding. Number two. Be willing to be pruned. Nobody wants to have the snippers snip at you. Because it's painful. But there's something that happens in the midst of the painfulness of life that produces something beautiful. It says, why it says, count it all joy when you face trials of many kinds. Because it produces something in your life. I know for us as, as North Americans, we, we don't like pain. We like to hide from it. We mask it. We um, subdue it in, in ways that are not healthy. But, but be willing to be pruned and say, you know what? Would you ask this question this week? I give you permission, Jesus, to prune the areas of my life that aren't producing the fruit that you need to be producing, that I need to be producing for you that I need to be producing, that my love would be shown. It's not just saying, hey, I just want to make Jesus happy and I just got to take these things out of my life just so I want to make him happy. Well, that's, that's fine. But, but the reality is, is the world needs to see love. And, and, and the question is, are, are you emanating the love that Jesus is expecting you to, to have for the world? Or that's not an expectation, the desire he has for us to be salt and light. And the salt and light is, is emanated by our love for people. Are you willing to be pruned? There's a saying is you, you can't trust anybody that doesn't have scars. Why is that? It's because the scars mean that there was a wound at one point in time. They've done battle. <laughs> They've had something happen to them. And that they lived. Can I tell you what? You will, you will make it. When you ask Jesus to prune something, it's going to... When I prune my apple trees, every year, the next year, there's like a scar that, that, takes, that goes over the branch that I cut. It's like it grows over, but it, it becomes like a nub, and, and you can see where I've cut every single year. And, but what it does is it reminds us that there's new life and new growth that's coming that's going to produce greater fruit. Are you willing to be pruned? Number three... Ask for more of the fruit of the Spirit. So I already gave you the challenge, right? I want you to go to Galatians, find the fruits of the Spirit, write them down, just do a Google search, you'll find them. And then you're going to say, I'm lacking this one, Lord. And you're going to ask, and the Bible says when you ask, see, he says it twice, he actually says it in verse 14, then he says it twice in verse 13, but we have to realize what we need to be asking for. He says, you ask it, you ask anything, but he's referring to the, the fruit that he wants to have produced in your life. Ask it, and he will be faithful to give it. So you're lacking joy, ask for joy. If you're lacking peace, if you're lacking patience, if you're lacking faithfulness, if you're lacking self-control, Ask, and he will be faithful to give it to you. Number four, 
Remember, you can't give what you don't have. So experience the love of Jesus and experience the love of the Father. Today, we're going to close and we're just going to um, ask you to respond to that and just saying, you know what? If we don't, if we were feeling empty of his love, that we feel like we don't have love to give, then we're just going to be asking the Lord to fill us with his love that we might be able to give it. And then number five, the scripture tells us that we are to keep his commandment. And remember what his commandment is. It's very simple. Jesus' command is very, very simple. The, the Old Testament, um, by the way, religion has nothing to do with love. Religion has to, everything to do with duty. Do this, do that, do this, do that. And, and it has no life to give you. But a relationship has all kinds of life to give you. And Jesus wants to have this, this love relationship with you, but he also wants to extend it. And this is what he says. All of the Old Testament, in essence, is summed up in these things. And, and it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And this is keeping Jesus' command to, to love your neighbor as yourself. And, and so we're going to figure out how can we love better? How can we realize that the people that we meet become our neighbor? And I'm just not talking about your physical neighbor, but if you all have physical neighbors, it's probably a good idea to know your neighbor and love on them pretty well. But this world needs love. They don't need more religion. They don't need more people to wag their finger at them. They don't need more signs held up in their face. They need people who genuinely will take the time to know their story, to care for them as people, and to realize, guess what? They're only acting out the way the world is telling them to act out. They're only a reflection of the world that has no ability to show goodness in it. And so they're, they're walking with all kinds of hurt and all kinds of pain. I tell you, if I knew Sam Smith and Kim Petra, I'd go up and give them a big old hug. Maybe a kiss on the cheek. Maybe. And I'd tell them I love them. Because God loves them. He desperately, desperately loves them. But he also loves your coworkers. He loves your neighbors. He knows people in the prison. You see, see, people who are apart from Jesus are going to act like the world because that's all they know. And yet it's so easy to say that we've, we've come to Jesus and we, we know a better way. I would say better way, meaning we, we know the way of love. And then we expect people who don't know Jesus to behave differently because, you know, we've now had the revelation. And then we kind of get this judgmental thing going on, like, oh, look at appalling what they're doing. No, they're just acting the way that they've been born into sin, right? <laughs> like we all were. We were all born into sin. 
And they're just acting the way the world is teaching them to act because, because in this world, it will only produce what the world is known to produce. Hate, envy, jealousy, greed, perversion. But when we come to Jesus and his spirit lives in us and if we abide with him, if we stay connected to the vine, stay connected to the source, because God is love. God is love. His very nature is love. And, and he wants us to deeply, deeply love people, not judge them, not point a finger at them, not put a wall around ourselves to protect ourselves from them. <laughs> but to tear down the fence between us and let them know that they're loved, they're valued, and that God loves them. See, love moves us closer. Religion builds up walls and keeps people away. Love tears down fences and makes everyone our neighbor. You know, we have a saying that says, fences make good neighbors. Right, New Englanders, we, we like that. We like to be a little bit protected. Fences make good neighbors, right? Basically, you keep to yourself, I keep to myself, we'll be good neighbors. <laughs> but with Jesus, he asks us to tear down fences and to love our neighbor. To love our neighbor. So your action items for today and for this week. Write down the fruit of the Spirit. Take an inventory. Where are you lacking? Ask to grow in those areas, to be more evident of His fruit evident in your life in those areas that we still might be needing to grow in. Because he says, ask and you will receive. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. By the way, it's not on your own power. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because it's the fruit of the Spirit. It's not the fruit of self. It's not the fruit of Bobby and Susie and Jillian and Jackie and Fred. Any Freds here, by the way? I just made that one up. There's no Freds. <laughs> it's not the fruit of Mark. No, it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit and which is produced by abiding in the vine, which is Jesus. Abide with Jesus. Be loved by Jesus. Be loved by Jesus. And then let his fruit emanate through your life that the world may see who our Father in heaven is, which is a Father of love, Father of life, Father of light. Thank you so much for watching us online. We're so glad that you joined us. We trust that Jesus has spoken to your heart and you've been challenged by his word. If you'd like to know more information about Grace Capital Church, please visit us at gccnh.com. We'll see you next time.